Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Mary. Welcome to Chatterbox Box, an F1 podcast. Box Box. everyone welcome back to yet another episode of chatterbox box i hope you are not sick of us yet because we are going to continue talking about formula one and all of the good stuff that happens in f1 yes hello welcome back i'm gonna be so real i lost count of what episode this is which means we've been doing this for longer than I thought, actually. But we have a lot to talk about this week. There's probably not as much news as last week, but a good amount of news. We had quite a few livery reveals, and then we wanted to do a 2023 season recap that we're tying into our Drive to Survive predictions because we are very, very close to the Drive to Survive premiere. So we thought it would be fun to revisit the 2023 season and think about like what from the 2023 season is going to be in Drive to Survive this year. I'm so excited. I cannot wait. I just realized today that we are about 20 days out until the first free practice. So we are nearly there. We're like a little bit over two weeks away. Get excited. Get hyped. Yeah, that's so exciting. Time is flying by. All right. I'm going to kick us off with the allegations of Christian Horner. Christian is under a lot of heat, and I think the details are a little bit fuzzy right now. It could be due to his management style. It could also be due to other things, but I'm going to hold off from making any assumptions. Red Bull is currently, like Red Bull Red Bull is currently investigating. They had a meeting earlier today day and supposedly it took hours upon hours and I don't think we're going to hear any additional news about that for quite some time. I think the expectation is that he will still be around for their livery reveal, which I think is on the 15th. So more to come on that. Yeah, I think we don't have much to say about that. Like we were saying, it's today we're filming this on a Friday. So it's February 9th. And the hearing started today, we haven't heard anything from it. And I think this is one of those things you don't really want to speculate on just because you know, sensitive topic and probably a really difficult time for everybody involved. So just hoping for a speedy resolution for this. And yeah, I think that's really all we have to say on that one. Yeah, absolutely. In other news, Alex Albon is going to continue to stay at Williams in 2025. So that's really exciting news. I know there were a handful of like channels that kind of suspected that he would get like proposals from other teams and even during interviews that's a question that gets asked of him a lot and he's made it extremely clear that that's kind of in the future right now he's definitely more focused on the Williams team driving with everyone that's currently there and just focusing on taking it one step at a time and hopefully you know whatever is to come will come do you have any thoughts on that Emily yeah I think this was a really kind of underrated announcement I think when we did the outline I put a bunch of question marks next to it because I was like wait 
this did happen, right? Like they did announce that, but I feel like no one's talking about it. But I have heard some rumors that there's already talks of Alex maybe going to Red Bull in 2026, which I think would be really interesting. But I'm sure it's a big relief going into the 2024 season, knowing where he's going to be next year, not having to deal with like contract negotiations and stuff like that. So really excited for him. I wish really good things for Williams. Honestly, that would seem like a very genuine and cool, chill team. So I wish the best for them. And I think Alex will continue to do well there. I agree. I think we can wait and hold off to talk about Williams even further when we talk about the livery reveals. But there's a couple of interesting things that we also wanted to talk about before then. There have been changes to the sprint format. Emily, could you talk us through what those changes are? Yeah. So last year on Fridays, we would have the qualifying for the race as well as I think the sprint qualifying was also on Friday because then the sprint was on Saturday and the actual race was on Sunday. They switched that up a little bit this year. So on Friday, we're going to have the sprint qualifying and FP1. And then on Saturday, we're going to have sprint, the sprint race, and then we'll have the qualifying for the race race. And then obviously we'll continue having the actual Grand Prix on Sunday. So a little bit of shift up. People have a lot to say about this, but I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. I actually like the sprint races. I think they're just a little bit of like extra pizzazz. It's a little bit different in terms of the outcome. Like I think last year Oscar won a sprint race, which was so exciting. And it was so good to see him as a rookie kind of place first in that. But I also know that sprints are not really a favored thing. So I think no matter what they do, they're not going to please those fans. But I think it's exciting. It changes it up. It's not every single race. So I don't think it's a bad thing to see if this kind of this shift makes a difference. What are you? Yeah, definitely feels like a good move. I think a lot of people are really uninterested in the sprints. I like them. I think they kind of even the playing field a little bit more because I think some of the slower cars can maintain a faster pace for a shorter distance and it feels like a little more even. I am worried about the decision to have sprint and then the race qualifying on Saturday because what if someone gets in like a really bad crash in the sprint? Like are the mechanics going to be able to get the car back in time for quality? So I wonder if this is going to cause people to really downplay their performance in the sprint and not push because they're prioritizing the race. Yeah, that's actually a really good point, though. I am curious, especially if like other teams are like more focused on getting the Constructors Championship, if they would much rather play it safe. So it would be really interesting to see how these sprints play out for this season. Yeah, I'm excited to see how they go. I'm excited to see if we have any like interesting sprint winners that are unexpected again this year. As for other news this week, there are some legal issues for Sauber. I think you and I were talking and we were like, didn't we already know this was going to happen? People were announcing it like it was breaking news because, you know, the news has been 
nonstop in the F1 world over the past like week or so. And people are like, oh my gosh, like first Lewis, now Christian, and now like Sauber is having legal issues. And me and you were texting, like, didn't we know this was going to happen? <laughs> like, I thought we had already heard about this because of the whole thing with Kick being a gambling website, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, I think it was. I think it's Stake being a gambling website. Okay. And they're actually not allowed in certain countries to display Mm -hmm. that, either due to like licensing issues or just the fact that they don't really condone gambling to begin with. And I think we were like, well, wouldn't it just make sense if like, they called the team kick or just stuck with Sauber. And I think like obviously with the livery reveal and, you know, the advertising of this new kind of name, they definitely stuck with stake. And obviously the stakes are high when they decide to do that. And now I think the legal issues are becoming a little bit more transparent and I'm kind of just curious what they're going to do because I don't know if like their decision to begin with in deciding to stay with stake was a very smart one in terms of just you know confusing the fans not pleasing some of the countries that they're going to be participating in and things like that but do you have any other additional thoughts i think they've really been trying to push stake as like the primary sponsor it's the first in the name i feel like it has the most space on the livery and so i'm wondering how they're going to navigate this if it ends up being like they can't proceed with stake are we going to get another new name speaking of stake potentially changing their livery do we want to kick it off with the livery reveals in chronological order that we saw them in yes okay segue queen so we had four livery reveals this week we had williams on the fifth we had stake also on the fifth we had alpine on the seventh and we had visa cash up racing bulls on the eighth but it was actually like the ninth and pretty much every other time zone because it was in vegas so i guess we can start with our thoughts about williams how did you feel about the williams livery reveal and like the williams season launch i thought their kind of reveal was awesome this is my first kind of livery reveal season so last week when we had seen Haas's reveal i was a little confused kind of a little bit disappointed i expected a little bit more and after that i just wasn't sure what to expect with williams but they really did a fantastic job of one hyping up the livery two making sure that everyone was able to kind of see the reveal live and i thought it was just really streamlined they were able to pull their fans in through their website which is like really smart and i think overall it was just extremely well done i was like okay i i think i like livery reveals now i'm understanding the hype yeah we were talking so much shit on livery reveals last week with the Haas one but definitely really changed my perception with the williams launch I agree with you. I loved hearing James speak. He's very, like, charismatic, really good public speaker. I really like how Williams is kind of like a development team, and they really prioritize drivers' 
growing and learning and stuff. I think that's really cool. As for the livery itself, I like it, I guess. I don't know. I don't have any like extreme thoughts about it. I'm not like, oh my God, I love it. Oh my God, I hate it. I was like, okay, yeah, that looks really nice. My favorite part is the little battery for Duracell at the top. I thought that was so cute. And I feel kind of dumb because I thought that was new, <laughs> but I was watching some of last season's races to prepare for the later part of the episode. And I was like, wait, the battery's been there. <laughs> so I guess maybe I don't have great attention to detail, but I really, really liked that. I thought it was so cute. And they're going with white suits this year, which is cool. I think white suits look so sleek when they're not sweaty. <laughs> Once they get sweaty in the race and they come out, it always looks like swamp butt and it just does not look good. But yeah, I was overall really impressed with the launch. I really enjoyed watching it. Definitely made me more excited for the rest of the livery reveals throughout the week. Yeah, absolutely. And I think personally, Williams is my favorite livery reveal. I think there was a really nice balance between the carbon fiber and the blue that they chose. It definitely is a nod to the classic Williams kind of branding colors, which is really awesome. The Duracell battery, I also completely missed that. But now to me, like it's front and center and you can't not see it anymore, which is really awesome. And also like we were so excited that Duracell replied in like our TikTok reveal reaction. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so touched. <laughs> Yes, I was like, I love you, Doracell. My new favorite battery brand. I will only buy Doracell now. The sponsorship works. It works. So then on the same day, we got the stake livery reveal and season launch. This car, wow. Please share your thoughts. It is green and I'm looking at my desk I really need to clean it up but when we were doing the randomize the grid I had a green <laughs> cup and uh, it looks exactly like that it's bright green neon green it's different but I really love like the black and neon green contrast the suits make them look kind of villainy. Joe looks great. He looks great in everything. He can probably model like a garbage bag and still look good. Valtteri, he looked like he didn't enjoy that suit very much. And you can kind of tell. But overall, like, I think the livery was really sick. They did a really good job at making sure everyone was excited about it. And I mean, overall, I don't think I can complain. It's a little bit different, like the name and all of that. But I think they're doing the best they can and doing a really good job at including the stake branding with their cars. Yeah, I really liked this livery reveal. It gave the vibe of like launching a video game or something. It was really giving me like Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom vibes with the way that the green was like zooming in. It reminded me of like, wow, this is so nerdy, but <laughs> it reminded me of like Link with his little like tablet thing. <laughs> and when he hits it and everything glows blue. <laughs> it had that kind of vibe to me. I think this was my favorite livery reveal of the week just because it was so different. Like, do I really like neon green? 
no, but <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, I liked it. It was different. They took a chance. Their livery looks completely different than it did last year. The race suits are maybe a little much, but I also kind of like them. I could see myself trying to be Valtteri for Halloween. It's going to be like the new Shigo, maybe. Like, you know how every single girl is Kim Possible or Shigo for Halloween and it's like a low effort costume? Like, can I now be Valtteri? That would be cool. I really liked the snake reveal. I think it, it was probably my favorite. I have nothing bad to say about it. I know a lot of people were shitting on it, but I commend them for doing something different. So good for them. I agree. Speaking of doing things a little bit different, I feel so betrayed by Alpine. I I don't even know if I can like explain it anymore. Like I, I'm so fed up with it. Yeah, you know, I thought I had moved past this, but when you brought it up, it just brought all that like annoyance back. I'm for traumatized. those of you that don't know, or for those of you that don't spend a lot of time on F1 social media. It's been a thing that Alpine was kind of teasing a pink camo livery. If they had gone through with that, it would have been so unique and so different. Alpine has previously had a fully pink car, not for the entire season, but for at least a few races. So we thought it was actually like a genuine possibility and everybody was so, so excited. And then they launched the car and it's just black because it's like carbon fiber. So it's mostly black with hints of an aqua blue and then some hints of pink. And so we're watching this and everybody is like, what the hell? F1 Threads was blowing up. Everybody was like, what is this? Like, what is going on? Where is the pink camo? And then Alpine hit us with a, I don't remember the name of the woman who was interviewing them, but she was like, is there a chance of there being a pink livery? And they were like, well, funny you say that. And they cut the camera to the factory and they have a second car under a tarp and they're like, we do have a pink livery. So we're all like, oh, pink camo, yes, it's coming. And then they lift up the tarp and it's still all black it's just hints of pink and then baby hints of blue it's kind of like the reverse of the um first car so we're all just like what <laughs> like what just happened we were literally lied to I definitely I think I was in a couple of like work meetings at the time and during that time, like I could just hear my phone just buzzing. Like you were <laughs> absolutely livid. I took a quick peek and it was like, where is the pink camo? I was like, there's no pink camo. So I had to look at everything after the fact a little bit. I was able to kind of catch like the last 15 minutes. And it was so funny because when I had popped in, Esty Bestie and Pierre, they kind of zoomed into them. And Esty is like crossing his arms and he has a really disappointed like smirk on his face. He's like, mm, Yeah, we have to insert that. the photo because it's so funny it's so memeable he looked miserable <laughs> like so upset Pierre was like please don't cry please don't cry please don't cry it, I was like so sad now mind you 
I did not like the idea of camo. I mm-hmm. like the idea of pink, but camo and me just are not a thing. And I was okay with that. But the fact that they kept teasing the pink camo, it just felt so misleading to the point where if they didn't say anything about the pink camo, if they didn't show us the camo at all, this would have been, I think, either like my top one or top two reveals because I love the colors I love like the pink and the baby aqua blue together Uh it's such a good combo but they betrayed my trust they hurt me deep to my core and so I I have to take a couple of points off I think it's like fourth the best now I wholeheartedly agree with you I actually think the car looks so nice and I probably would have rated it as my favorite car because I love the combination of aqua blue and like hot pink. I actually genuinely do think that both versions of Bullivery look very nice. I really like it. But having the context of the pink camo that we were promised, I'm mad. I'm definitely mad. I'm I'm moving on to V-Carb because Mm -hmm. I'm so mad. (laughs) Yeah, that's literally all we have to say. Like, we're still mad. We're probably going to be mad for the whole season. So on to (laughs) V-Carb. V-Carb was very interesting. The reveal launch was at 10.15 at night in Las Vegas. And so we had thought that it was going to be like 1.15 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for us, like at 2.8. They were just a little bit unclear about which dates because I think the majority, like you said, of the fans were kind of already in like Friday the 9th. So that was a little bit interesting. And I was also a little bit confused because I woke up Friday morning, looking through all of the like emails, the content feed, just to see if they had a video or like a stream. And I don't think I found one. I don't know if it was intended to. I thought that there would be because they were in Vegas. It was like super exciting. But all I really found were kind of social media like photos and short video clips on like vcarb yuki and danny's socials which is fine they also did a couple of stories as well on the vcarb account but yeah it was interesting uh, i think i like it i <laughs> i think i like the livery i like the blue it's like a very kind of electric metallic blue which is really awesome i love that on cars in general so i kind of like that there and it is a little bit refreshing to see that they're not kind of exposing that carbon fiber and that they're Uh actually it is genuinely like a mostly blue car with hints of red but i know you have feelings about this car what do you think i don't like it (laughs) i tried to stay up to watch it and then I realized it was the wrong day so I was like oh shoot and then I didn't stay up for the actual time I was like I give up I think there was maybe technical difficulties or something Mm -hmm. I think they were intending to be live and it just didn't work out I think this is maybe just like my eyesight but something about that shade of blue which I actually love that shade of blue but something about that with red to me like 
it just looks very aesthetically unpleasing to my eyeballs. I saw it compared to some older Red Bull livery and it looks very, very similar. So I don't know if that's what they're trying to get with, but I will give them kudos for being the only car so far that isn't just having tons of exposed carbon fiber because that has been a major trend. I'm wondering if it's because they're like part of the Red Bull family. Do they have access to more expensive parts that are lighter? I'm wondering if, you know, because otherwise we've seen Haas, Williams, Stake, and Alpine. They're typically the lower money teams. So maybe they are getting like older parts that are heavier and they're having to compensate by not using as much paint. Whereas maybe V-Carb has access to more, I don't know, like fancy high-end newer equipment that is making the car a little lighter so they're not having to cut out all the paint could be a thing i don't know i mean it's the only car that we've seen so far that's fully painted so i'll give them kudos mm -hmm. for that but i was not vibing with it can i tell you a secret yeah i hate the suits i think this by far is the worst suit reveal of all mm. time and i think it's because of the blue stripes on the sides mm -hmm. it kind of looks like they're in suspenders or if you are like familiar with diapers with the blue straps on like the sides it reminds me of that and because the suits are white it looks like they're like holding up like they're baby man diapers and it's oh, so sad. I definitely could see that. I honestly really didn't have any thoughts at all about the suits. Like I didn't hate them. I didn't love them. I kind of saw them and they like went in one eye and out the other eye. They did not leave <laughs> any sort of impression. But I love any time that we get Daniel Ricardo content and we got quite a bit of it. I was fed. So we'll thank VCarb for that. <laughs> Thank you, B-Carb. Yes, I think one of my favorite moments is Danny kind of trying to get down from the stage. And I don't remember his friend's name, but essentially it was like a trust fall. And all you could see is like Danny hunched over, like squatting and being a little bit nervous about making that jump. And then after he made that jump, he like held that position, kind of like a little like mm -hmm. frog toad. And he was like, oh my God, that was so scary. Like, Danny, you drive very fast for a living, like sometimes over 200 miles an hour. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, it was so wholesome and cute. I enjoyed yeah, him. Adorable. Everything he does just like makes me smile. But yeah, that was our news for the week. And now we kind of want to get into recapping the 2023 season and talking about what from the season we think is going to be in the new Draft to Survive season. So we came up with a few little fun questions just about the whole season overall. So I'm wondering, what would you say was the best overtake of the whole season? Big question, but what is coming to mind for you? So I did my very best at watching some of the earlier races of 2023 because as a reminder, I think I started watching for Japan, like literally right after Carlos won. And like, that was so exciting. I was like, oh, Max did not win. This is awesome. Let us continue watching. So I like looked back and there were a handful of overtakes that kind of took me by surprise and they were actually very good. 
but the overtake that I think is the best by far and is my Roman Empire, like I think about it all the time, is Charles in Las Vegas Mm -hmm. because I literally thought he was going to get third. He was still going to go on the podium, but it just seemed like such a tight race and kind of potentially a lost cause as well. But he like made it through. He took a chance. He was very strategic about it, I think, especially kind of noticing that Checo wasn't as strong around the turns and he took advantage of it. And I think that was just so awesome. Obviously, mm-hmm. I would have wanted him to win Las Vegas, but coming so close behind Max. I would say is a pretty good win in my book. Yeah, I actually, last season was my first season as well, but I did watch nearly the whole thing I missed about rain. So I started with Saudi Arabia and even having watched everything, I agree with you that that was my favorite overtake. I think it just had the most shock value. I was not expecting it. Also Vegas was like really late in our time zone. So it was like probably 2.30 in the morning by the time this is happening. It was really, really late. I was kind of just like, oh my God, I can't believe I stayed up to watch another predictable Max Verstappen (laughs) win. And I could have just watched this tomorrow morning. I was getting like kind of annoyed um, because it started off with Charles, I think, in pole position. So I was like, oh gosh. And then like Max and Checo were in front of him. And I was like, I can't believe this is how this is ending. I was so upset. And then he just slid on by and it was so unexpected so close to the end of the race where I feel like a lot of the races this season were decided by like lap 25 (laughs) and nothing Mm -hmm. really changed after that. So getting like a really shocking thing right at the end with that overtake. I'm wondering what are your thoughts for best race? Best race. I would have to say either Australia I know there's like another contender that I think is stronger but I'm trying to be a little bit more unique here I think Australia was a standout race for me just because it seemed like there was a lot of like touch and go in some of the laps where they were trying to overtake and I was totally rooting for Lewis at that moment so I think that just was so chaotic in my mind that it did kind of end up giving me like that overall feeling of, ooh, maybe if I just keep like crossing my fingers and crossing my toes, like the outcome will be different. And I think overall, like it was just one of the races that just had my attention the entire time. But coming in a very, very, very close second is Singapore because Carlos, awesome, great strategist for Ferrari, Ferrari getting a win in there, and like also being the only team to beat Red Bull. You can't say no to that. Australia was chaos. That was the first race I fully sat down and watched with my full attention. I watched Saudi Arabia didn't really know what was going on. I was really confused. And then in between Saudi Arabia and Australia, I watched all of Drive to Survive and had a little bit more context about like, oh, okay, I kind of know what's going on now. I was watching it live with two of my friends that live on the West Coast. So they're like 
more awake than me. I'm like falling asleep. It's like 2 a.m. But I'm like, what is going on? And it was like red flag after red flag. And so many of the red flags were ridiculous. It was like, there's gravel on the track. <laughs> like My friend was like, I can't believe this is like the first race you're really fully watching. This is such a chaotic one for your first full race. So that is memorable to me, but I think I have to go with Singapore, top race. I think we are a little biased on this podcast because neither of us are Red Bull fans. Neither of us are Max Verstappen fans. So I'm sure that there were races this year where Max had an absolutely phenomenal drive that other people would put as their top race. But as fans of literally probably any team other than Red Bull and any driver other than Max, I think it would be disingenuous to say anything other than Singapore because it was the one chance that we got to see someone other than Red Bull win. There was no Red Bull on the whole podium, right? Because it was Carlos, Lando, and Lewis. And yeah. it was just like great to watch. Watching that qualifying, I don't know, for some reason I was like filming a video or like something, I don't know. But I have my reaction on camera to the Singapore qualifying when Liam Lawson knocks Max out of Q3 and I like literally fell to the ground like I was so shocked I did not see that coming and it coming from someone who like was just a reserve driver like filling in for someone who was injured was just like what just happened I think also because we're American uh, we love an underdog story so mm -hmm. that context of Singapore as well with having this like new rookie driver who's not even driving for Formula One he's just filling in knocking out Max Verstappen from Quali was just like wow <laughs> so yeah that race was really really memorable really enjoyable I loved it I think about it like pretty often so gonna have to go with that so who would you pick for driver of the year if you had to give it to one driver who would it be max Verstappen. i'm just kidding. oh oh you would <laughs> wow <laughs> okay who am i who am i <laughs> i would have to say oscar mostly because i loved seeing him dominating from the very start like you have two rookies for the 2023 season like Oscar and Logan and you can see like the difference between the two of them especially when like Oscar won sprint he was able to place on the podium I think at least one or a couple like a handful of times if I remember correctly so I think this was just such a good year for him. He's thriving. He's fully taking advantage of his car, working with his team. And I think just overall, like this is the place for him to be. And you can see that he's really dedicated and really focused on just feeling that connection to the road and just mm -hmm. getting whichever kind of place that he gets which I think is just he has such a calm demeanor that like you can tell his brain is just like tickling and working all the time yeah honestly I think Oscar had a phenomenal rookie season I didn't really prepare for this question I didn't really have an answer I wanted to just go with what my gut was telling me when we sat to talk about it and so I think my answer is going to surprise you but I actually think I would say Checo um <laughs> <laughs> I know, oh, I know. Okay. 
I was not expecting myself to say that. I think I'm coming at this from like an emotional standpoint because we started off the season thinking that Checo actually maybe was a serious contender for competing with Max for the WDC. There was a lot of talk of like, Checo is our only hope and he is the only one that could possibly beat out Max and he got a lot of support. And then I think for a big chunk of the season, he kind of choked and he was not doing great. I think he was not really performing up to par with Max, not doing as well as someone should be with a car that good. But I do feel like by the end of the season, he turned it back around. And so for that reason, I'm going to say Checo just because I think it requires some mental tenacity to weather the storm of being compared to Max Verstappen for the entire year and all the criticism that he was facing and all the worries about like, is he going to lose his seat? Are they going to just fire him mid-season? That was a big point of conversation. I can't imagine navigating all of that with, like, a newborn child, too, and, like, other kids. Like, he's one of the only dads on the grid other than, I think, K-Mag and Hulkenberg. But he's a dad to, like, many kids. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm feeling sentimental today. So, I'm going to say Checo. I don't even really like Checo, so I don't know where this is coming from. But... (laughs) I will have to give you credit for that because when I was reviewing some of the races, it really did feel like both Max and Checo could switch back and forth between one and two. And it ended up not being that case, obviously, like after the first handful of races. Mm -hmm. And there was a significant dip, which I think as anyone in that position, I would also be stuck in my head, especially with like all of the press and all of that pressure, especially as a dad, again, to a newborn, that's really tough and really stressful. And it was nice to see him get comfortable again, get out of his head and just have a little bit more like focus and drive towards the latter end. Because if I didn't rewatch or if I didn't watch the beginning part that I missed I would have thought that he was extremely consistent yeah it was actually like for the first few races it was Bahrain Max 1 Saudi Arabia Checo 1 Australia Max 1 Azerbaijan Checo 1 it was after Miami that things started to go a little downhill so those first like five or so races it was really up in the air of like, wait, maybe Checo is a contender. And I just can't imagine like the mental space that he had to go through over this past season. That must have taken a lot. So I'll give him some kudos for that. Yeah. Good job, Checo. And good job, Oscar. (laughs) So now that we've reviewed the 2023 season, what do we think is going to be featured on Drive to Survive? The clear one is Singapore. I think that was just a huge highlight. I think this season of Drive to Survive is 100% going to be max dominated. So they're going to have to break it up with adding Singapore. And I think it's going to be like its own episode because Mm -hmm. you can't talk about the 2023 season without including that and without including that whole experience because that just, you know, mind blowing. Yeah. I'm honestly wondering if Drive to Survive is going to do that thing that they do where they talk about Singapore for like six episodes, but like from different team perspectives, like 
will they drag it out? I actually don't know what races Drive to Survive was planning to be out in the 2023 season. I know they obviously don't go to every single race. So I'll be interested to see if they were even at Singapore. I hope they were at Singapore because that will be a lot of content if they were. Another thing I definitely think we'll see on Drive to Survive this season is Vegas. There was a lot of controversy around Vegas. <laughs> there was a lot of people saying, like, this should not happen. There were a lot of people saying it was too, like, celebrity-esque and not, like, F1. And then there was all that stuff with, like, the manhole and <laughs> Carlos that maybe they'll cover because that was, like, a brand new race. And people were like, oh my god, like, they didn't cover the manholes. Like, they need to get rid of this race. I also think that... It would be interesting if they covered Max Verstappen continuously shitting on this race and then winning the race and being out there like, Viva Las Vegas. I was that like, was so, so irritating. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally was like, you shit talk to this race for days and then you win and you're like, Viva Las Vegas. Like, no. <laughs> That's so annoying. I'm also curious if, like, I feel like they would have to be at Vegas because it was such a big type of event where, like, everyone, like, you had to be there. So I'm curious if they're also going to show, like, the Hunger Games, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, opening ceremony because I know we had a lot of thoughts about that and it would be remiss of them to mm -hmm. exclude it. That was honestly some of the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. And so I think it would be actually really funny if they have a segment on like drivers' reactions to how camp yes. Vegas was, because there were definitely some drivers leaning into it more. And there were definitely some drivers that were like, ew, like, why do we have to do this? So I wonder if that will come across in the season. Um, yeah, for sure. I obviously also think that. Drive to Survive is going to cover the return of Danny. <laughs> I think that yes. will be a very, very big chunk of the season because when you think about Drive to Survive, the, the show starts off with a Daniel Ricardo interview. So I really think that they're going to have a really big chunk of the season focusing on that. I think just all of the changes that Alpatari went through, you know, deciding to let Nick DeVries go, bringing in Danny, Danny getting injured, bringing in Liam Lawson could be like four episodes but I think it's going to be a really big storyline I think Danny will be sitting down for interviews to talk about it and it's definitely going to be huge I do think they'll also include Liam coming in and his whole like knocking Max out of quality thing and how well he did for the few races that he was there yeah, that I hope that we get a little glimpse of Liam. I've been watching his vlogs and he is such a delight to watch, like super funny guy, really down to earth. And the fact that it all kind of revolves around Danny, who is one of, I would argue, one of Drive to Survive's main characters. Mm -hmm. Like it, I feel like it's going to be a big focus. The other kind of main character that we'll probably see is Gunther but I'm curious if we'll start seeing like the tension between Gunther and Haas if they're going to cover the departure of Gunther or was that a little bit too late after mm -hmm. they started editing and all of that fun stuff but I am curious to see like if they will eventually make those little connections during editing. Yeah, I'm assuming that the season was nearly done 
with the editing process or completely done when we heard the news about Gunther. But I assume that they rushed to talk to him and get an interview and include that because he's been such a big part of Drive to Survive or, you know, if they had been covering the tension or I think we know that he knew around Christmas time. So maybe he had already told Netflix like way before we found out. So I would be very shocked if that's not included and if they wait until next season to include that because he's been such a big character. Absolutely. Yeah. I also heard that our SD Bestie was on the podium. Tell me about that. SD Bestie was on the podium in Monaco and when they interviewed him about like, oh, how do you feel? He literally went SD Bestie on the podium, baby. (laughs) And if they don't include that in Drive to Survive, I literally will cry. It was so iconic. This season, especially any time that anybody other than Red Bull was on the podium was such a big deal. And just SD Bestie being there, it was so cute. It was so wholesome. Such a fun moment and such a nod to the fans. I think that Esteban is someone who really does embrace the fan culture of Formula One and to go out there, he knows like all the fans call him SD Bestie. I think She Loves F1 is the first person who like coined that term. And so for him to actually, you know, acknowledge himself as that and call himself that is almost like a little hats off to the fans. I thought it was so cute. And so I hope they include that. I hope they include what that was like for him to be on the podium in Monaco because it's such a big race. I agree. I obviously did not see it, but I feel like that would just make me so happy to see. I love calling him SD Bestie. So it really just feels like he's so connected to his fans and like the mm-hmm. audience. So that's super exciting. The other kind of like exciting thing mostly because I did watch Drive to Survive is like the transition of Oscar being like yeah no I didn't sign any other contract yet and that's like a lie and moving into like this season where he's like yeah I drive for McLaren now and like I think that's just so iconic and we'll definitely see like his successes as well as like they start covering this season. Yeah, I think Oscar is going to be a pretty big part, I would think, because his rookie season was so successful. I would be surprised if they don't extensively cover him. So I hope he gets his flowers and drive to survive. I think something maybe more controversial that I'm interested to see if Drive to Survive decides to cover is Qatar. That race was really intense. That's where Oscar got his win in the sprint race so if they are talking about oscar i think they're definitely gonna have to talk about guitar but guitar was really intense because that's the race where all the drivers were almost passing out from heat um and there was a lot of like kind of scary footage i think it was logan like getting out of the car and he could not even get out of the car a lot of people had to go to the medical tent after the race and a lot of the drivers were speaking up about poor racing conditions and how dangerous that was. I think people were throwing up in their helmets. I think it was maybe Esteban, our bestie, was throwing Mm -hmm. up in his helmet from like heat exhaustion. So I'm curious to see if they will cover that or just like gloss over it because that was a really, really intense race. 
Yeah, I think that was the first race that I heard Lance speaking up about racing conditions as well. And I thought that was so noble of him, just considering the fact that it's hard. Like, obviously, you show up to these races and you do what you can, but that did not feel safe. I don't remember if it was Logan or another driver, but essentially, like, one of the drivers said he didn't feel too good and the engineers was like well if you don't feel too good like it's it's your call and Uh it was I heard how difficult it was just to make the decision of like okay I'm I'm going back Uh, and like that is just so hard yeah I believe Fernando Alonso got like burns on his body from how hot the car was and he there was definitely a point in the pit stop where he's like, can you like pour some water in here? Like the seat was like burning him. Uh, I think this race actually, interestingly enough, was afterwards one of the only times that Lewis Hamilton spoke out. And I was like, Lewis, why would you say that? <laughs> like it was maybe my only ever criticism of Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> but he had issued a statement, not like a formal statement, but he was like, you know, we're racing drivers. Like we have to race in tough conditions, like just get over it. Like very like minimizing and invalidating how the experience was for everyone. It felt very surprising coming from him. Yeah. yeah, but I don't really agree with that. I think that it's already a dangerous enough sport where they're risking their lives every single race and they don't need to race in insane heat like that. That's maybe just a yeah. me thing. <laughs> I don't believe in people having to go through unnecessarily tough conditions to be able to be like, I'm a racer, like I can do it. I think it's okay to advocate for not doing stuff like that and that doesn't make you any less of a racing driver that you're like hey maybe we shouldn't race in 100 degree weather where we don't have any access to water (laughs) like for 90 minutes (laughs) yeah absolutely like I think the races are entertaining enough I don't need to be entertained by your dehydration or suffering Mm -hmm. you're fine like it's fine do not worry about us But yeah, I think we got a little sidetracked there. So (laughs) back to Drive to Survive. I also think they'll probably cover the whole Checo storyline that we were just talking about of his performance, how much scrutiny he was getting. Like, is he going to stay at Red Bull? Is Red Bull going to ask him to leave? I would be very surprised if they don't cover that. They've covered Checo storylines before. They covered that whole time where he didn't have a seat and then Red Bull decided to bring him on. So I would be very surprised if they didn't talk about his 2023 performance yeah and I would also like to see or get a little bit more insight on that just to see what was going on in his mind and if like we can understand where he was coming from like obviously it's a really hard mental space to be in but I think that would just humanize drivers in general because it's sometimes like we see them drive fast it's very hard to connect with them on another level outside of like them trying to be relatable and to call out to their fans but Mm -hmm. I think this will just give another kind of facet to like driving and what it really takes to be an F1 driver yeah yeah for sure and I think the only other thing that I'm really unsure are they going to cover this are they not is the Lewis Mercedes tension obviously we just got the news last week that Lewis is going to Ferrari and that was like I don't know, I want to say it was like February 5th or something. 
maybe February, no, it was February 1st. And the season is set to come out February 23rd. And so I'm assuming it is definitely fully edited by now and they will not be able to include his transfer. Maybe like a short little blip at the end of the last episode or something. But I'm wondering if there will be anything about like how Lewis's season was going and if there was any tension brewing at Mercedes to kind of like foreshadow this decision or did they have no idea? So it's not going to be portrayed at all. I'm going to be very curious to see if we get anything from that storyline at all. I'm 100% curious about that too. I feel like the tension was already there. Like I remember you mentioning the, was it the Australia like race where you were like, Mercedes didn't support their guy. Yeah. So I was like, oh, like that's weird. You would think that like the team would support their driver. So I think like you will see like these little snippets here and there. And I'm curious if Lewis being so frustrated with the performance of his car, like if that will kind of be sprinkled in as well. Mm -hmm. And if we'll see that tension from like the other side and seeing like more behind the scenes. So I think that there might be kind of like a rumor-esque inkling type of feeling and not like a full-fledged, yeah, I'm going to Ferrari for this reason. Yeah, so I think those are our predictions for Drive to Survive this season or things that we're hoping to see on Drive to Survive this season. Something we're going to do to make this kind of fun is make a little bingo board of our predictions and maybe some other predictions that we didn't talk about in this episode so that as we're all watching, we can kind of check off like, did this happen? Did it not happen? Did we predict it right? And we will obviously post that on our socials so you all can follow along as well. Yeah, I'm so excited for the Drive to Survive season to come up and also just the fact that the 2024 season is right around the corner. So happy to be here and happy to continue to provide a safe space for all new fans coming in. I'm sure as like the season progresses, we're going to talk more about like the technical details as we learn and and that way like you guys can learn along with us. Yeah, and after this we only have two more episodes until we're covering the races, which is yes. wow. We are almost there. We're in the home stretch. So definitely look forward to our episode next week where we're going to talk about our predictions for the 2024 season. And then our episode after that, we will be recapping the new Drive to Survive season. And then after that, we'll be talking about Bahrain. So whew. let's go. Yes. So, so excited. But I think that's all for today. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks so much, everyone. Over and out. Bye. Bye, F1 World. No, not yet, not yet. Oh, no, I'm saying like bye for today.